In this episode of Startups for the Rest of Us, Mike and I talk about 20 podcasts we like. But first, I have a trivia question for you, Mike. What color is Mace Windu's lightsaber? It's purple, isn't it? Nailed it. Nice. You are a Star Wars nerd, sir. Thank you. <laughs> this is Startups for the Rest of Us, episode 395. Welcome to Startups for the Rest of Us, the podcast that helps developers, designers, and entrepreneurs be awesome at building, launching, and growing software products. Whether you've built your first product or you're just thinking about it. I'm Rob. And I'm Nerdy Mike. And we're here to share our experiences to help you avoid the same mistakes we've made. What's the word this week, Nerdy Mike? I almost got you to laugh there. I almost got you, you to totally screw up. To screw up the intro. You know, the reason I asked that question is, well, A, because I got it wrong when it came up in a, in a trivia thing. And both of my kids, my 11-year-old and 7-year-old, got it right. And we've been watching the, the well, I was going to say the trilogy, but we've been watching Star Wars uh, in machete order. So you go four, five, two, three, and we're about to hit six. And then, you know, I don't know when we're going to do Rogue One because it obviously fits between three and four, but you don't want to watch it first because it's not the, the early stuff. So anyways, we've been, I've been immersed in Star Wars with the kids for the past couple of weeks. My 11-year-old is re-watching, but the sevens are basically seeing them for the first time. It's been cool. It's always fun to sit and watch Star Wars with someone for the first time when they're enjoying it. But aside from that, what's going on with you? Not much. Uh, I've got a couple of announcements to make. So the first one is about MicroConf Europe. We're going to be making some announcements in the next couple of weeks about when MicroConf Europe is going to be coming. So if you want to hear more about that, make sure that you're on the mailing list. You can go over to microconfeurope.com, enter in your email address into the mailing list. And if you're not already added, you'll be added into there. When we make the announcements in a couple of weeks, you'll get the emails and start planning accordingly. So we're hoping to have the final location and dates nailed down, hopefully in the next two weeks or so, but it's just taking a little bit more time than we expected. It always depends. It's always hard to find that right hotel in the right country on the right dates that don't conflict with some major, major other event, whether it's another conference or, you know, a national holiday or something. And the other announcement is for MicroConf 2019, which will be in March of next year from the 24th to the 28th, the 24th, 25th, and 26th. That's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That'll be Growth Edition. And then the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is going to be Starter Edition. So the 26th, 27th, and 28th will be Starter Edition. So mark your calendars. That will be in the Tropicana in Las Vegas. And we'll have tickets available for that. I don't know. We haven't talked about when we're going to sell them, but certainly in the next, uh, before, you know, prior prior to the end of the year. Now that we know the location and all that stuff. On my end, I wanted to mention I am getting probably five emails a day right now from apps saying we've updated our privacy policy for GDPR. Are you getting the same crap? Uh, yeah, I you know what? I, I'm deleting them all. I'm not even reading them. Like. It's irritating. I want to send out an email that says I'm not updating my privacy policy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody, look at this. I'm not doing that. I mean, it's... It's ridiculous. Yeah. Now that I'm seeing it, you know, we've talked about it on the show a lot from the kind of company perspective, right? Or the owner, the founder perspective. But now I'm seeing from the consumer perspective, and I hate it already, right? It's just annoying. And you can tell it's people checking the box because they got to check the box. Yeah, which is interesting because I also see emails from people who are talking about GDPR and it's clear from the emails that like either they don't completely understand what it is that they're supposed to be doing just because 
I've seen all these emails coming through. So there's a general trend or thread that you can see. And someone is wrong. And I'm not saying I've done the research to figure out exactly, you know, in certain situations, whether the vast majority of the people are right or the vast majority of the people are wrong. But there's definitely variations between what some people are doing versus others. So I don't know. It's it's totally screwed up and there's no good answer for it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. On a lighter note, you know, I had mentioned my brother was in town last week and he, when, when we were kids, we played obviously the original Nintendo, the NES, and then we played this Sega Genesis system. He bought it when he was in college and this was the one with Sonic and Altered Beast and, you know, some, some of those early kind of Sega classics. It's when Sega got ahead of Nintendo, if I recall. And this was the, the console that they eventually lost the battle. There's a good book about this I've listened to. I forget what the name of it is, but it tells the inside story of all that. So, you know, at MicroConf Vegas this year, we gave away some of these classic consoles where you, you spend, it's between 40 and 100 bucks, and you can get like an SNES or an NES or a Sega Genesis system. And it comes with the games built in, right, on some hard drive. And so I noticed the Sega Genesis was like 40 bucks on Amazon. And so I just bought it for just while he's in town, and I'm probably going to sell it on Amazon, you know, as a used console here in the next few weeks because I don't really want to keep it. But we had a blast, man. We we hung out a couple of the nights he was here, and you know, just just drank some drank some whiskey and played Altered Beast and, and all the old games you remember from from that era for hours and hours. And one thing I was disappointed with: the console's fine. It's pretty cheaply made. It's not made by Sega. It's made by some third party. And they threw on a bunch of games. They say it has 81 games, but it's really like 40 Sega games and then 40 games that this company made in the past 10 years that are kind of garbage. So y you don't even play those, right? But what I did notice is that games like Altered Beast and there's a couple other adventure games you used to be able to on the original Sega continue forever right and that's how you would win it you would just keep hitting start and you had an uh, infinite credit but on this classic console you don't you have like two or three credits and once you're done with those you're done and so it was like tick, took all the fun out of it because we couldn't win any of the games you know we aren't well a, it's pretty hard to do but b we just aren't in our, our peak chops for these games you losers <laughs> i know that's what it is so it was funny to, to realize that and like oh this isn't i i'm like tempted to go buy a real console you know the old console you see them on ebay for 20 bucks or 30 bucks get the actual cartridge and then you know that you're going to get the original experience it's just a bummer that they modified the original experience i guess is how how i feel and it's like why why would they do that why would they change it from you know the way it was in the 90s yeah i don't know I, it's funny you mentioned altered beast a couple of times but i remember in college there was a contest at the arcade at college where you could win like the full version or the the stand-up version of the altered beast game the arcade version and so all you had to do is you had to get the highest score in a certain month and so i went down there with a couple of dollars and a friend of mine and ended up getting the high score and won it for it was less i spent less than 10 bucks trying to win it yeah <laughs> oh, that's crazy good for you so a few weeks ago, we had a question from a listener asking what podcast we are listening to. And every so often we do this. It's probably We should probably do it once a year, but we do it probably once every 18 months to, to 24 months because this does change. I know it changes for me pretty frequently, and it depends on the phase of the product I'm in or the phase of the business. You know, I know once, once we sold Drip, I 
couldn't, I just couldn't listen to all the growth hacks anymore. You know, it like, it kind of killed me because I wasn't in the midst of that anymore. And so I had to just kind of wean myself off of those. And so depending on what phase you're at, you know, it depends on what you're going to want to listen to. But we picked our kind of our top 20 podcasts and we just grouped them into three different areas. We have the bootstrapping crew, we have kind of the startup slash business area, and we have off topic. So we're just going to run through these 20 and we'll list them in the show notes as well. These are what I consider kind of the, the highest quality and most relevant to our listeners. So there's certainly some podcasts I listen to that are really infrequent and we kind of exclude them from here. I also listen to a bunch of podcasts about like tabletop gaming or role-playing games. And while we could mention those, it's probably not interesting to the majority of folks listening. So we won't cover those, but in no particular order, because we kind of just went through our podcast feeds and, and slammed them in. The first podcast is The Art of Product. And this is obviously, you know, my, my Drip co-founder, Derek, and Ben Orenstein, who's been a microconf speaker. They put together a really tight show where they just talk through the updates from the other person, what they've been doing in the last week. And they've gone from, you know, Derek was working at Drip and Ben had a full-time job. And then Ben went out on his own and did info products. And then Derek left Drip and Ben got a full-time job and they swapped. And now then Ben left and he's now doing a startup and Derek's doing his startup. So really interesting conversation from two smart people who are discussing topics that would be highly relevant to you, you know, as a listener of, of startups for the rest of us. The next one on the list is Bootstrap Web from Brian Castle and Jordan Gall. And Brian Castle runs Audience Ops. Jordan Gall runs Carthook. And I think you're, a, you're an investor in Carthook as well, That's aren't right. you? Yep. Yep. So th those two have some really interesting stuff that they talk about. And, you know, for obvious reasons, they don't talk about everything in that's going on in their businesses. But it is a fascinating look at the, the stuff that they are working on. And I, I really like hearing them you know, talk about the, the stuff that they're doing and the challenges they've run into. There's um, just some fascinating topics that come up, and sometimes it's just not even directly relevant to their business or about the like technology or marketing itself. Sometimes it's just people management. How do you deal with different situations that come up, or how do you negotiate, or how do you solve a particular problem that was was not your own, like something got dumped in your lap from some other vendor or partner of yours. How do you move forward from that? How do you recover from a fiasco that is largely out of your control? So both of them are super sharp guys. I really like listening to them and hearing about it. And then just reconnecting them with them each year at MicroConf. And Brian also runs a big snow tiny conf. So I usually see him when I go to that each winter as well. Yeah, I've been a longtime listener of, of their podcast. I've been on it a couple times, two or three times talking about stuff. So yeah, I really can't can't recommend it enough. Again, a heavy overlap just in terms of concepts, topics, and and really goals of kind of what you and I espouse on this podcast. Another podcast I, I just recently started listening to actually is called Build Your SaaS. And it's Justin Jackson and his co-founder of Transistor.fm, which is a podcast hosting company. And it's cool. They're talking about, you know, it's early stage stuff. So they're talking about their pricing. They were talking about funding versus not and just just talking about the the two sides of it. So yeah, so I think it's, you know, it's kind of a fun romp. It's always fun to hear um, Justin's energy on a podcast and, and they do a good job with it. Next one on the list is Rogue Startups from Dave Rodenbaugh and Craig Hewitt. And both of these guys have been longtime MicroConf attendees. Craig had spoke at MicroConf Europe, I believe it was last year. 
and Dave Rodenbaugh has given an attendee talk at MicroConf in Vegas as well. And Dave has transitioned over the years from running just uh, like a, a series of WordPress plugin businesses over onto his uh, SaaS called Recapture. And then Craig Hewitt has been running Podcast Motor for a long time and is starting to branch out into other types of products uh, in the podcasting space. And it's just interesting, you know, hearing the journey over time and the different perspectives that they both bring to the table, partly because uh, Craig moved over to Europe. He lives in France at this point, and he brought his family and two young kids over there. So some of the conversations talk about what it's like to bring them over and the differences in the school systems and the challenges associated with, you know, going back and forth to see family and how to integrate into the local culture and essentially run the business as a location independent business. Yeah, I've been a, a longtime listener of Rogue Startups as well and a fan of, you know, Dave has, has multiple WordPress plugins as well as recapture.io, which is a SaaS, small SaaS app he acquired. And uh, Craig Hewitt is running, well, he's running a couple things, but really Castos, you know, is, is what I know he focuses a lot of his time on, which is uh, podcast hosting. And so it's kind of fun to hear their trials, tribulations, victories, and defeats, you know, much in line with, with the stuff we talk about here. Next podcast that I've enjoyed is Founder's Journey, and this is from Josh Pigford at Bear Metrics, and he basically reads his blog posts, which I enjoy because I don't read many blogs anymore. Really, I don't read any blogs, and so it hell I actually like that you know I'm able to kind of keep up with with his thoughts on entrepreneurship and, and running a, a relatively small startup without having to actually read text, and I can do it while I'm running or riding my bike. So it's cool. It doesn't have a regular publishing schedule, but it's short when it comes out it's like 10 minutes and it's always since it is packing a blog post into that 10 minutes it's very compact so it feels like a 30 minute episode packed into 10 minutes which is something i enjoy about it next one on our list is the tropical mba from dan and ian and this is probably the the single podcast that i've listened to the longest i started uh, listening to it very early on when it came out and I, I don't know i've been listening to it for like seven or eight years at this point they have actually more episodes than startups the rest of us and it's that is rare. I know. <laughs> and it's, it, I, I think the thing that strikes me as interesting is that it feels to me like they've been on a parallel path with us, or maybe we've been on a parallel path with them, only they were aimed mainly at independent, location independent entrepreneurs versus we focused much more on software entrepreneurs. And their ethos and ideas and approach towards business it really feels like it very much aligns with us. And I think that's why I felt like it resonated so much with me. And Dan and Ian had spoken at MicroConf in Europe. It was either 20 2013 or 2014, I forget. It was in Prague, and it was it was great to have them up there. It's the only time we've ever had two people give a talk at MicroConf, and it was fantastic. They fed off of each other really well, and it looked like they rehearsed like the entire thing. I imagine that they probably didn't because just because they have that natural interaction between each other that works really really well, which I think that's part of why I like their podcast so much. Yeah, I'm with you. I started listening really early on. I describe Tropical MBA as our sister podcast. I say that all the time. I feel like we're two, you know, like sibling, you know, they say sister cities that kind of feel the same, but are in different places. It's very similar in terms of, like you said, the ethos, because it's about 
it's about like building a life that you want and, and building a business to help you do that. And their early focus was on location independence and they were in Bali and, and the Philippines and, you know, other areas of, of the world. And you and I are in a different situation, you know, and we already had, you know, wives and kids when we, when we started this podcast. And so we didn't talk about the travel aspect of it, but we're all talking about like building a business to help, you know, you build a better life. And so I, I agree. Can't really can't recommend Tropical MBA highly enough. And as you mentioned, it's one of the very few podcasts that um, has more episodes than we do. I think they also are, are one of the few people who's taken over the Startups for Rest of Us podcast as well. Do you remember the episode where it was the April 1st episode, we let them take over Startups for Rest of Us and we took over the Tropical MBA for that one day. And I think the only other time was when we had our, our wives come on and, and do the episode instead. So That's right. We need to do another one of those at some point. Yeah, definitely. That was fun. Cool. Our next podcast is a newer one. I think they only have 10 or 11 episodes. It's called Hooked on Products, and it's from Phil Dirksen and John Turner. Also, folks, we've we've met through MicroConf longtime, actually longtime Micropreneur Academy Founder Cafe members, and they, you know, they're hustling. They're WordPress plugins. They've both gone independent at this point after a few years of, of you know, kind of building, building and acquiring products. So it's fun to, to listen to their interviews and their origin stories are pretty cool. They just both released how each of them got to where they are. And that it's always fun for me to hear folks talk about that because the, you know, founder's story, it kind of never gets old, I think, hearing how founders got to where they are today. And the last podcast on our bootstrapping category is Indie Hackers, which is run by Cortland Allen, uh, who does all of the, the speaking and interviews with that. And then his brother, Channing Allen, does all the back end stuff for Indie Hackers. And I, I find this fascinating just because he talks to people that are very early stage all the way up to like they've sold it, uh, their business and maybe they made millions of dollars from it. But you get this broad spectrum of people who are building profitable businesses and you hear about the the trials, the tribulations and the things that have gone really well. And then you also hear about the things that did not go so well and the mistakes that were made along the way. And it's, I, I just love hearing that all, all the different stories and things that people have run into, because if you're working in your own business, you have this one view of the world and of your own business, but you don't necessarily get that perspective that other people might have. So hearing all those different stories gives you that perspective that, and makes you think about things that you might not otherwise have thought about that relate to your own business. Did you notice, by the way, that in our bootstrapping section, every single person on this list who has those podcasts, all of them have been to MicroConf? I know. I know that as we were saying this, I was like, that's interesting. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because we know them, I'm more interested in listening to their podcasts, or if just people who are going to start a podcast in this space are naturally going to gravitate towards our community, right? Because it is, it is their people, in essence. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think about that a little bit more, but I did find it interesting and, and looking at the list afterwards, like, huh, every single person here, I've met them at MicroConf. Yeah, that's cool. So our next category is the startups slash business category. And this is podcasts that aren't focused on bootstrapping, but I, they are still relevant, I think, to uh, folks who, who listen to startups for the rest of us. The first is if you're not 
tired of hearing me every week on Startups to the Rest of Us, you should check out Zen Founder. It's the other podcast that I co-host. I co-host this one with my wife, Dr. Sherry Walling, who is a clinical psychologist. And we've been doing this for, I think, three, three and a half years now, which is crazy to hear that it's that long because I think we're on episode in the 150, 160 range. So there's some really good stuff. The the founder origin stories have been a big hit where we've interviewed founders and, and Sherry doesn't just interview them about how they got there in their business, but in their life, like growing up with the adversity they faced, how they got to where they are. And there are some amazing stories about, you know, folks who were in jail, folks who were almost killed, folks who lost parents and about how that impacted who they are as a founder. So zenfounder.com or zenfounder and iTunes, if, if you haven't checked it out, because there's some good stuff coming out of there. Yeah, I definitely recommend Zen Founder as well. And it's uh, it's been three years. I think it came out in 2015. I still listen to it all the time. It's it's one of those other ones that's kind of made it into the, I use the app called Casts, and it's in my category called My Top Podcasts, which basically goes to the front of the list out of all the other ones that I subscribe to. Oh, well, that's cool. Thanks for the endorsement, sir. The next one on our list is This Week in Startups. So I, I started listening to this a while ago. This is run by Jason Kalkanis. And if you're not familiar with him, he does a lot of angel investing and talks about startups in the Silicon Valley area. And I found that I didn't necessarily resonate with a lot of the things that were said, but I felt like I needed to be at least aware of the things that were going on. Because it's not like being in the Valley is something that I'm really particularly interested in. I don't want to go out and raise millions of dollars. But I also feel like I shouldn't be completely ignorant of the things that go on and the types of stories that come out of those, because uh, obviously funding works for some people and it doesn't work for others. And I can't say that I would take that swing for the fences approach right now, just because of the situation that I'm in. But I can certainly appreciate the, the value of raising a lot of money and doing something where you wouldn't be able to do that without that funding. But not everybody can take those chances. So I, I, I think that it's some of the things that they talk about, I don't necessarily agree with, but Jason's definitely got a, uh, I'll say something of an over-the-top attitude about, attitude's probably the, uh, the, not the right word, but approach, I'll say, to towards business and like, you know, you should definitely do this. And I think it's more, just more of him being an extrovert than me being uncomfortable being an introvert. Sure. Yeah, he's definitely opinionated and he's, he's a really smart guy and hardworking as well. Like kind of pulled himself up by his bootstraps from very working class family. And at first, when I listened to it years ago, I was so irritated and I felt, thought he was obnoxious. And now I realize, you know what? He, he's a smart dude who worked his ass off his whole life. And he I, I've come to respect his opinions. I find that I agree with him more often than not now. I'm not sure that I did, you know, the entire time I listened to it. But when I disagree with him, I can at least say, yeah, we, we just disagree and we see things differently, you know, kind of in my head. But he has such a, a unique take on a lot of topics. That's what I like to see is that he's, he kind of challenges some of my thinking and some of his guests do as well. There was a really good episode, probably my top three favorite episodes of this podcast are when he interviewed David Hannemeyer Hansen and they talked about funding and they kind of go toe to toe because, you know, DHH is very adamant one way and Calcanus really was just like, well, here are examples where that just wouldn't have worked, period. You know, and and I actually felt like, in all honesty, like Calcanus kind of won the discussion. It was, it was, he had he had really good points about it. And the other one, I like Joel Spolsky. He's been on there once or twice, which is always fun because, you know, just I've followed Joel for so long. And then Chris Saka did a two-part where he talked about all kinds of stuff. And that's that's what I like because I never would have followed or, or even been aware of of Chris Saka, but hearing Cal Canis interview him 
made me think about things in a way that I have never done before, you know, and it kind of expanded my horizons. And that's why I look for this week in startups. I agree with you. I, a lot of the stuff on there, I mean, there'll be interviews with someone doing some drone startup and I skip those, like I delete those because I just don't have that much interest. But the news roundtables keeping me somewhat in touch with a world that you're right is not our world because it's more the Silicon Valley high agro startup, but it is tangentially related. You know, if it's, it's certainly not a sister podcast, but maybe it's like a second cousin. It's, there's something out there that I think is important for, for us to be abreast of, you know, given that we're in technology. It's the long lost uncle who Joe who comes over and gets drunk and causes a ruckus. That's really <laughs> I think that's probably it. Yep. That's, if sure. we're talking family relationships, that's probably it. But no, I think your your description of him is uh, being opinionated is probably the one that is probably most in line with what I was thinking. I couldn't come up with uh, the right word or right phrasing that you know also kind of placed the right amount of respect on it. It's uh, opinionated is definitely it because he, he does things and says stuff that I wouldn't necessarily do myself, but I can certainly appreciate the value of going through, you know, those steps towards building a business or putting your startup out there. It's not to say it's for me, but that's partly because like I said, I, like I'm an introvert and it's not, it's just not for me. It's not that it's wrong. It's just, I wouldn't probably approach it that way. Right. And when we say opinionated, it's, that's not a negative thing. It's just is what it is. He has strong opinions and sometimes it, it can come off negative, but other times it's like, wow, he's really taking a stand here. And I appreciate that and respect that, you know? So again, more often than not, I think, yeah, you know, he's, he's on the right track with, with what he's thinking. Our next podcast is really purely for entertainment, so I debated whether to put it on here, but it's kind of like you got to give a nod to Alex Bloomberg. It's Start Up, and it is on Gimlet Media, and it was Alex Bloomberg's you know podcast that he's essentially he left This American Life to do startup. The first season or two were phenomenal. The most recent seasons, two or three seasons have been less so. They're interesting, but they're just following stories of stuff. It's kind of like planet money for startups, but I am a, I struggle a little bit with the lack of reality. Like if you think this week in startups, interviews a lot of people just raising $20 million, $30 million, at least that is actually happening. A lot of stuff Alex was looking at in the first couple, episodes, or first couple seasons of startup were just such a beginner view view of things, which I hate to say it that way. It sounds pejorative. Like I'm, I'm saying you should never be a beginner, but it's kind of like he never, he never examined the possibility of, you know, that bootstrapping or that like a small angel round is a totally viable option for most businesses. And maybe he wasn't able to do that, but it was never brought up. And it was kind of presented as, Hey, if you want to start a company, you raise funds. I mean, that really has been the message the entire time. So I don't love that about it. And frankly, I should probably write in or send something just to be like, Hey, this is, you know, this is a, a another take on it. But all that to say, it's entertaining and worth listening to, but you're not, you know, I don't think you're going to take any business lessons away from it. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Like, I felt the same way about it being in, again, to use the phrasing you said, like, I don't want to be pejorative, but like calling it very beginner focused or, you know, having that beginner view because everybody's got to start somewhere. But it felt like there was no research done to say, what are the options here? And it was just like, hey, go raise funding and this is what will make your business successful. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I listened to it for a while. I haven't listened to the startup in quite some time, actually, probably at least a year or so. Yeah. And I don't, you know, again, last two, I don't even remember what the prior season was. Um, there's one out coming out right now. That's fine. But the one before it was okay. You know, it's, I don't, I don't think you're missing that much. And our last podcast for startups slash business is Akimbo. It's A-K-I-M-B-O. It's Seth Godin's podcast. And he had said for years he wasn't doing a podcast because he just didn't he didn't have the time. He has to be really choosy about his projects. 
but he's doing a podcast now and it comes out every week and he talks about a lot of stuff you've heard from him, you know, in his books and in his talks and such. So it's solid and I'm waiting for it. It's not blowing my mind because I've heard a lot of this from him before because I've followed him for years. And I often find he's talking about a trend or an idea that I don't know what to do with. All right. So you have a dip. So what, you know, but there's not enough detail or like, okay, so culture changes and here's how it is. And it's like, okay. So then what do I do with that? That's always been my struggle. But at the same time, Seth is a genius and Seth is, he sees trends that, you know, others of us don't see and he thinks and talks about things in a way that most of us do not. So I like it because, you know, again, it expands my mind and helps me think about things in a new way. So a bonus podcast here would also be Seth Godin's Startup School, which, yeah. You know, it's a 15 episode podcast. So he's he did it in the past, I think back in 2013 or so. And it was it was an interesting look at the journey of entrepreneurship and all the different things that you could and should be thinking about when you're trying to build a business. And I think it was based off of didn't they have like a group of people that went through and there was kind of a classroom or a little startup school, as he put it, to where they put people through this program. And a lot of the things that come out of that are clips from Q&A sessions that he did with the people that were in there. So it's, it's fascinating to hear the types of questions that they that they come up with and then his off-the-cuff answers. Um, and obviously, like everything is edited, but still, as you said, Seth's a genius and he sees things that other people don't. And a lot of times it's stuff that is even just on the fly. He sees it and it's fascinating to kind of watch him work through something and, and bring you to a, to the, like, a logical conclusion that it is also correct and astounding that he came up with it kind of on the spot. Yep. And like you said, it was 15 episodes and it's done. And it was back in 2013. It's still on iTunes and you can listen to it. I, sh- I should probably listen to it again because it's been a few years. But I thought it was I thought it was really well done. So now we're going to dive into our off-topic podcast. And we have a handful of them, seven or eight. And these are things that we like to dig into, the kind of nerdy, nerdy pursuits or just edification. So I listen to a number of kind of personal finance and investing podcasts just because it's always been a hobby. And kind of the one I'll throw out there is called Stacking Benjamins. Comes out three times a week. It's got a big audience and they make it entertaining and kind of fun to think about. They look at the headlines, then they interview somebody and then they have a discussion and some trivia and stuff. So it's, you know, again, if you're into that kind of topic. If that's a hobby, I think you should check it out. And even if not, you can probably learn something about kind of saving for retirement and, you know, some money tips and such. The next one on the list is uh, Planet Money, which I got into this. I forget how I ended up finding this one, but it's a it's an NPR podcast, and they talk about all these different things related to money. So whether it's uh, class action lawsuits about civil rights cases, or they have one on called like the less deadly catch, and the podcast traverses a, a lot of different business types. So whether it's like the vodka industry, or Valentine's Day, or Super Bowl, like they look at money topics related to all different types of businesses. And they drill in specifically into particular problems. Most of the episodes are pretty short. They're anywhere between like 15 and 25 minutes long. Some of them are a little bit longer than that. But they talk about the issues related to either having money available or how businesses make money or things that you wouldn't necessarily think are obvious. And because it's an NPR podcast, they have the ability to do some like investigative journalism and drill into things that you would not normally learn about. So they'll go out and they'll send a reporter out to do interviews and find out information and they'll interview people on the podcast. And essentially, I I find it just educational because there's lots of business types that I'm not aware of. I mean, we're in the SaaS industry or software industry, and you'll hear about these things that, you know, like I think on last episode, I talked a little bit about tree 
Steakhouse Brewery near, near where I live, and it's a fascinating business model. But had I not been there, I would not have heard about it. But with Planet Money, you get to hear about those types of things. Yeah, and Planet Money was a spinoff of um, This American Life. They did that during the financial crisis. They did uh, maybe a two-parter on what happened, trying to unravel and explain. And it was so popular, they decided to form an entire podcast. And that's that's when this started. Got it. That, yeah, that's must, that must be where I heard it from. My next podcast is another investing podcast. It's called Money for the Rest of Us. And I actually, when I stumbled upon it, I was I emailed the guy, uh, David Stein, and I was like, hey, I run a podcast with a similar name. And he's like, I had no idea your podcast was out. Because we, we, we were earlier, right? We've been since 2010 or 11. And I think this is maybe three years old. And he's like, yeah, I'm so sorry. I hope you don't feel like I you know, took your thing. He, he said he just came up with it you know, out of, out of his own head. So no hard feelings. And if you go into iTunes and search for, for the rest, of us, you'll see uh, buckets of podcasts with that name. So it's not like something we we uh, we own the trademark owners. We don't have a license to it. We did not trademark that. Exactly, that was a big mistake. Exactly. <laughs> so, but um, J. David Stein was an institutional money manager, and he was he would advise uh, these endowments, and he would you know help them like colleges and universities. I think it was nonprofits only, and he would help just manage their money and keep the assets allocated. What I like about him is he is super even keeled. He's not sensationalist. He's not saying buy, 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 sell, sell. It's all about asset allocation in big buckets. And he's very kind of calculated and looks at a lot of indicators that are, he, you know, he says he invests at the leading edge of the present. So he's like, I'm not guessing where the economy is going, but I, I, he does move money in and out of these big asset classes based on if he sees that emerging markets are way overvalued, then he's probably going to eke a little bit of money out of that. So he's, you know, pull money out of that asset. He's not trying to time the market per se, but like he said, he invests at the leading edge of the present. So very smart guy. And the main podcast is, is good. It's evergreen content. So I don't get a ton of value out of it. It's just stuff to think about. His Money for the Rest of Us Plus, which is the one you pay for, and it's very inexpensive. I, I think it's probably 20 bucks a month or something like that, or 100 and, you know, 199 a year. It's in that range, in my opinion, is one of the most underpriced things that I pay for. Like, uh, he, yeah, don't, I hope he's not listening to this, but like, he could you know, multiply the price by five and I would still pay for it because he gives his take on where the economy is. And it's not just him making things up. He looks at PMI and all these, these data sources that he used as a professional money manager. And it helps me think through, you know, as I'm moving money in and out of things, uh, I don't necessarily do the exact thing that he's doing, but at least I have the context for it. So it's, it's kind of like, to me, it's more valuable than, you know, if, if I were to pay like an, a money manager to actually be managing my money, he's giving just tons of, of really solid information. So in the financial investing space, he's one of the people that I respect most. You know, what he should do is uh, multiply his price by five and then grandfather people in. That should be your advice to him. <laughs> That should be, yeah, as long as I get grandfathered, totally. Cool. So, the uh, next one on our list is the Daily Tech News. And there's also a, a spinoff of this, which I hadn't actually been aware of that you had mentioned to me, which is called Daily Tech Headlines, which is a much shortened version of it. So, the Daily Tech Headlines is just the headlines themselves. And the Daily Tech News show, they go into detail on each of the different headlines. And I find that a lot of the discussions from the Daily Tech News show very fascinating. They have different people who come on and Tom Merritt kind of runs the show for the most part, and then there's different people that he brings 
on to have discussions about different topics on different days of the week. But it, it comes out every single day. So it is somewhat difficult to keep up with all the different discussions. But the Daily Tech Headlines is probably a better place if you just want to hear the headlines. And if you want to drill into those and hear a lot more detail about them, then you could go to the Daily Tech News Show. Yep. And that so Daily Tech News Show is what, like 20 to 30 minutes? Mm-hmm. And Daily Tech Headlines is four or five. And that's why I switched. Since it is five days a week, I couldn't keep up with the full discussion. And I just backed off to the headlines. And I've I've really enjoyed doing that. I'm the biggest fan of Tom Merritt. I respect the heck out of him as someone who just, he has opinions, but he's willing like to have conversations about him. He's very well informed. He doesn't make rash comments uh, or like extremist things in either direction. He's always pretty even keeled. And that's, that's what I respect about him. He worked with Leo Laporte at Twit and then left to, to kind of do his own thing with Daily Tech News Show. Yeah, I've always liked how he can he can see both sides of the argument, you know, whether it's like talking about self-driving cars, for example, and what are the moral implications of those things, not just around the classical question of who do you kill if there's a, a mother and a baby in front of you and some construction workers to the side, like the car is going to have to choose somebody. Who do you choose? And he can talk to those things, but he can also talk about the fact that these self-driving cars are going to be putting people out of work and out of as truck drivers, for example. And what are the implications of that, not just on the economy, but the moral implications moving forward? So he, he's got a very broad view that, as you said, like I, I just respect his opinions on it and him being able to listen to those things and talk about them without necessarily coming down very ham-fisted on a particular point of view. And one of Tom Merritt's other podcasts that I enjoy is called Current Geek. And it's a weekly podcast that they used to every week look at kind of the current week in geek news, movies, and kind of light tech stuff. Recently, I think it's every other week they do that. And now they're watching some movies, some classic movies and talking about them, which is still interesting. When I first heard they were doing that, I was like, oh no. But he's just Tom and his co-host are so entertaining to listen to that I, I listened to those episodes as well. And then they're going back and listen, watching pilot episodes of things. So they did like pilot episodes of Lost in Space. They did Lost. They did Breaking Bad and Seinfeld. And it's kind of funny to hear them talk through and they, they do research on it. So then they talk about the changes and, and what went down. And they don't just talk about the show itself, but a lot of the behind the scenes, which is fun. Next one on our off-topic list is 99% Invisible. And I like this one because it it doesn't tell me anything about startups or business or anything like that, but it gives you insight on just interesting stories that you would otherwise have no idea that those things existed or that somebody had even thought of them. So one episode that sticks out in my mind is one where they talked about how buildings are made in a way that, uh, and specifically for like high rise buildings or in hotels and things like that, where like, if you go to the stairwells, for example, they tend to be just like a giant cinder block. It's almost like a chimney and like there's stairs, metal, it's very barren and almost any hotel that you go into. And when you go into the stairwell, there's nothing there. It doesn't look pretty in any way, shape or form. And the reason is because they use those as fire escapes because they learned years and years ago that when buildings start to burn down, people need to get out. And if those 
areas of the building catch on fire, people can't get out. So there's building codes in place that they talked about, and they uh, just talk uh, specifically about why those buildings are designed that way and structured that way. And it's, you know, to kind of clue you in, it's to help those people get out so that those are the last things of the building that will burn up, giving people the most time to get out. And then there's other things like there's stairs that go nowhere that they'll talk about or statues in a particular city. And it's just, again, these are the things that you would not otherwise have any idea that they exist existed except for this podcast goes out and drills into those things and, and talks about them. So it's just interesting stories. I use it for more entertainment value than anything else. So it's it's definitely one to check out if you have some time because they, they, the episodes are all really well done and very well researched. Yeah, that's the thing. It's an NPR podcast and it's really well, really well done. And it's the title comes from, like you said, it's things that most of us don't think about. They're kind of invisible to us. So the last three podcasts I'll run through quickly relates to with an honorable mention. Um, the first one is another Gimlet media podcast called Reply All. And this, I just heard an episode after startup at one point, it recommended it. And I've been really impressed with the hosts and with the production value of it. So it's kind of, it's a podcast about trying to compare it to something, you know, it's at the production level of a, you know, of a planet money or this American life, but it's dealing with more kind of internet, like online stuff and, and online trends and memes and that kind of stuff in a, in a pretty cool and interesting way. The next podcast is, is a uh, Clay Collins podcast about cryptocurrencies. It's called the flippening and he interviews like big players, he knows a bunch of the people in in the space. And so it's interesting to hear him talk to to people who are kind of pushing that whole space forward. If you're already sick of hearing about it, th then you may want to avoid this one. But I, I think that Clay really has his finger on the pulse of where kind of where crypto is headed. And, and I do believe that, that it's around for the long term. And then the last one I just added as you were talking, because I realized the funniest podcast I listen to is called System Mastery. And it's it's vulgar as all heck. These two guys are cracking jokes. They will, week to week, well, I think that the main feed is them reviewing old and even new role-playing game manuals. So they read through them and then they talk about how the rules are good here and how they're dumb here. But then they have all these feeds that they've combined into one. So I hear System Mastery, which is them reviewing these role-playing systems. And then they also talk about, they do expounded universe where they read Star Wars expanded universe novels and they kind of make fun of them because a lot of them are poorly written. Then they watch movies, which I think is called movie mastery. And they typically, what's funny is I would say they make fun of them, but they do it when the movie's good, they don't just make fun of it. Like they talk about how much they like it, but they still do it in a humorous way. So they combine, for some reason I have all that in one feed and I don't know if that, that's because I support them via Patreon or not, but it's going to be, it's either going to be your speed or it's not, right? It's because they use a lot of foul language, but it's also really funny. And so uh, it, it's funny if you're a nerd and you get all their references because they make some deep, deep references. And I, I really kind of like what they're putting together. And I think a lot, most of it is improv, which is pretty impressive. So those are our 20 or 21 uh, podcasts that we are liking these days. Well, I think that about wraps us up for the day. If you have a question for us, you can call it into our voicemail number at 1-888-801-9690, or you can email it to us at questions at startupstherestofus.com. Our theme music is an excerpt for Rada Control by Moot used under Creative Commons. Subscribe to us on iTunes to search for startups and visit startupstherestofus.com for full transcript of each episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. And before we go, if you have a podcast that you feel like should have made our list, please either email it in or post it to the comments of this episode, episode 395.
So, Rob, the uh, interesting thing about recording this episode on the top 20 podcasts that we like is that I actually stopped listening to podcasts about a month and a half ago. Did you? You just cold turkey, just all done. Yep. And it was it was mainly because what I realized was that I would uh, so I would listen to podcasts when I was mowing the lawn or when I was driving or when I was going to the gym. And what I realized was that it made me feel for the most part like I was still working. Mm. So it just extended my workday, especially with any of the podcasts that were about business or startups or anything like that. It just it made me feel like I was working all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're thinking about work all the time. That makes a lot of sense. So I'm glad I didn't title the episode 20 podcasts we listen to because <laughs> podcast we, we like is accurate, right? We is in you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, dude, I don't, I think there are times I, my guess is you'll come back to them at some point, but I totally, I hear you. I don't think that's a bad thing to do for a season. I certainly have gone through spells where I have cut you know, I used to listen to 55 podcasts, not all of them came out every week or whatever, but, uh, and then I called it way down and I was down to 10 and it was stuff like daily tech news show that didn't make me feel like I was working. Right. Cause it was more about entertainment and news. And I had almost nothing in the startup space. And then slowly I've kind of worked my way back into, uh, to doing that. And I think there's a, there's a case to be made for both directions. Like I think you can swing too far with constantly shoving information in your head and not giving yourself the space to feel like you're, you can relax. Well, I think that's also the the ability to just kind of take a step back. And, and I've noticed this in certain situations or certain times of the year where I will be heads down working and not really come up and look at the landscape from a, a broader perspective or like a, a strategic view of things. Like I, if you don't, if you're always implementing things and you're always working in the business, then you're never necessarily doing the planning stages and, and looking at the big picture. And the problem is if I felt like I was getting too far into the weeds with all the mechanics and the tactics and things like that, but never actually taking that step back to do any strategy and, and look at the bigger picture. Yeah, I agree. And I think that you need quiet time to be able to do that. And so if you are busy, because you know, you're busy with your business, you're helping with your wife's business, watching the kids, like doing all the stuff you have to do. And so if you don't have time during the day to sit back and just think, then I, I don't disagree that, you know, dishwashing, mowing a lawn couldn't be that time. These days, I have, I have time during my days now to do that, you know, so I'm sitting thinking doing it during the day. So when I am doing dishes or mowing the lawn, it's like, I don't want to keep thinking about stuff. You know, I, I, I'm already doing some big picture thinking. So, um, I think it's kind of a phase. It's a phase you're in. The other thing too, is a lot of podcasts are, they aren't that constructive. You know, they aren't necessarily pushing your, your thoughts or your, or your business forward, whereas audiobooks could be, you know, and if you're, you know, you could listen to fiction to, to, to kind of make yourself feel like you're really not working. Or some folks I know just go away from podcasts and go audiobooks only because they are kind of an information dense resource. Yeah. And that's a that's a big difference between something like an audiobook versus a podcast, whereas a podcast is much less directed and focused on a particular thing. Like you can get an idea of what a podcast is about from the title or from the description, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be helpful to you versus a book where if you buy a, a book about a very particular topic like, you know, sales strategies or, you know, how to use Facebook ads or something like that, it's going to be very focused on that one thing that you intentionally and deliberately decided that you were going to learn more about versus a podcast where you might pick up some things and you might not, but it's probably not going to be terribly actionable versus something like a book or an instruction manual. Right. 
No, that totally makes sense. The other thing is like it, it kind of makes me think about the conversations we've had on the podcast about like the the consumption versus production modes between people. Yep. You can either be making things or consuming, but it's hard to do both at the same time. And right now I'm yep. pr- producing stuff. So it's hard for me to consume stuff at the same time. And it just makes my brain go sideways a little bit, I guess. Big time. Yeah. I had, I put out a, a blog post at one point and it was like producer versus consumer or something like that. If, if you Google that, you can find it. And there was a really good comment thread after I published it. That was like a good conversation about this. But the, the what I proposed there is like, what I did, I don't think I talked about phases. I said, you know, certain people produce a lot of stuff and certain people consume a lot of stuff. And what I've realized since then is it's not people, it's phases, right? And that's what you're talking about now. When, and what I find is when I'm done with a hurdle, let's say I sold a business or I'm done growing it or whatever, then I want to consume a bunch of stuff because I'm trying to figure out what to do next and taking in a lot of information helps. But as soon as you focus on the goal, because you know exactly what your goals are this year, right? You're growing blue tick and you're doing it this way. You don't need a bunch of information. You just need that point in time learning, right? Of I'm going to do Facebook ads next week, so I got to learn that. Boom, do it, launch it. You don't want just a bunch of inputs about the, about things that are going to distract you, in essence. Yeah, and I find that the podcasts in general are distracting because they're making me think about things that are not nearly as relevant to me as I need them to be. So it's it's better if I just take that time to think about the business itself and what I'm going to do next versus what other people are doing in their own businesses. As entertaining as it is, doesn't actually help me. That's right. So cool, man. We should probably wrap this. All right. Well, take it easy. Talk to you next time. Peace out.